It's the Gary Flower Show, where Richmond comes for lively conversation and debate on the issues that concern you. Gary may not agree with you, but he's never disagreeable. It's your show, your thoughts, your ideas. You will be entertained, and if not careful, educated. To be a part of the discourse, call 788-0990. That's 788-0990. Outside the local calling area, 833-990-1013. Exclusively on Rejoice, 101.3 FM, 990 AM. And on the web at rejoicerichmond.com. The Gary Flowers Show starts now. And welcome to the Gary Flowers Show. Thursday, June the 29th, 2023, we are broadcasting live from the WREJ studios just outside of Richmond, Virginia on a hazy summer morning. Part of the haze may be from the forest fires in Canada, and some may just be Richmond humid summer mornings. Nonetheless, we pray for those who've been displaced in Canada by the forest fires. Some 20 million acres of land has been burned already in Canada and many more to come. These fires could last throughout the summer. There's really, they are... totally out of control, put it that way. And this is going to affect air quality for those of us who are downwind for the foreseeable future. But there, by the grace of God, go we. Let us review our black history facts this morning. On this date in 1868, two black men, R.H. Isabel, and Oscar Dunn were leaders in the Louisiana legislature. Mr. Isabel was the chair of the House of Representatives and Mr. Dunn was the president of the Senate. Now this is just after the Civil War, three years after, and before the southern states began to rewrite their state constitutions. Blacks were elected in South Carolina, Louisiana, and other states, Arkansas. And then when the 15th Amendment made it not optional, but mandatory that black men be given the opportunity to vote, that's when you started getting the white blacklash and blacks were excluded from holding office and even killed at the polling place. We see here in Richmond, Virginia, that political wards were set up, white and black. On the southern side of Broad Street, political precincts were set up in the Madison Ward, the Jefferson Ward, and the Monroe Ward. On the northern side of Broad Street in Richmond, Virginia, was the Jackson Ward, named after Confederate General Stonewall Jackson, as a way of intimidating black men from exercising their opportunity to vote. And 
also having them do so under the banner of Confederate flags and the name of Stonewall Jackson. Not to mention what we call in voting rights law district packing. All black men in Richmond after 1870 had to vote in the Jackson Ward, no matter where you lived in the city. On this date in 1970, Reverend Spotswood, who was the chair of the D.C. NAACP, called out the Nixon administration and called them anti-black. On this date in 1972, the Supreme Court of the United States outlawed the death penalty. Okie dokie. So those are our black history facts this morning. My man, 50 grand, Brother Junie, has tuned in. And my sister beloved, sister attorney, Melody, from Philadelphia, has tuned in as well. And we thank her for listening and viewing this morning. Okay. From yesterday, don't forget that on Saturday, July the 15th, at the Harlem Blues will be a gospel show and concert featuring the nationally renowned Chaz Shepard. Okie dokie. Um, wanted to remind you that we are on Supreme Court Watch. A ruling could come down as early as today on... Affirmative action, as well as several other cases. And so if you hear breaking news from the Supreme Court, please call in or write in and let us know. The want to send condolences to Elvatrice Belchis. Her husband passed away and we send our prayers of comfort okay um, also this is civic week on the Gary Flowers show and sister in Minneapolis Minnesota Robin Wansley is a city councilor there and she is putting forth very progressive bills uh, that would speak to reparations. And, you know, it's interesting. Minneapolis is, in many ways, a very progressive city. And then in other ways, it's, it's very anti-black. You saw the excessive force that has been revealed by the police department not released by the police department released by the department of justice on how much the police department in Minneapolis has used excessive force we saw that firsthand with the murder of George Floyd and yet Minneapolis has the most inst um the most pairings of interracial couples. 
in the United States. And Minneapolis has taken in more immigrants from Somalia and Sudan and other African nations than most cities. So Minneapolis is quite the paradox in many ways with respect to social justice. And that said, if you can, please follow Robin Wansley in Minneapolis. Also, the uh, it's called the Floyd Report. And if you haven't read it, I'm going to go through some of it when we return from commercial break. But the Floyd Report outlines how the Minneapolis and St. Paul's Police Departments have on a pattern and practice on a regular basis killed and hurt people of color for no reason. Once again, this begs the question, should there be a consent decree for all police departments across the nation of a standard of conduct, particularly when deploying force? Also, the report says that police officers who are found guilty of excessive force in one district should not be able to go to another district and gain employment. That there should be a disqualification of said officer so that he or she cannot take their wicked ways to another jurisdiction. So this is all included in the Floyd report. All righty. That said, we're going to go to musical break this morning. We are closing out Black Music Month on the Gary Flowers Show. And I thought that I would play. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hand me that again, please. I think I gave you the wrong one. Uh, yeah, that is the wrong one. I want to do this. I hand the engineer in the morning my playlist, but I gave him the wrong one. And this song that we're going to play first is from an artist in the Washington, D.C. area. His name is Raheem Devon. Happened to see him in concert three weeks ago. But he had a neo-soul hit, and it gave kudos and honor and treatment to to a mother and a woman and a sister it was praise for women and so now appreciate women by way of Raheem Devon on the Gary Flowers show we'll be back in just a few minutes Gary will be back after a few messages on Rejoice 101.3. When you're at a loss for words, call us. When you want to show them how much they were loved by you, call us. When you want to tell them they will never be forgotten, call us. 
100 years, Scott's Funeral Home has been committed to providing services of the highest caliber and keeping the cost affordable by offering a complete range of services and products. We try to make this most difficult period less stressful for our families. Our new state-of-the-art chapel and newly renovated funeral home facilities is spacious and can accommodate large groups. Scott's Funeral Home believes a funeral should be as individual as the individual providing lasting memories for the family. Scott's Funeral Home, located at 115 East Brooklyn Park Boulevard, serving all faiths. Please give us a call at 804-321-9095 or visit us online at scottsfuneralhome.com. That's scottsfuneralhome.com. Scott's Funeral Home. Attorney Joe Cordell. Business owners and professionals face special challenges in divorce court. In addition to everything else going on, they have to contend with allegations that they are earning more than they are, coupled with claims on their business or practice itself. Clients with assets depend on their divorce lawyer skills in these matters, and that's why it's so important to hire someone that has those skills. Schedule an appointment with one of Cordell & Cordell's Boston-area attorneys, 10 Cabot Road, Suite 210, Medford, Massachusetts, 02155. Dazzling decal on Daisy's Donuts window. Bold banner at Barry's Barbershop. Prominent poster at Penny's on Park Place. This is your sign. Well, signs. To try Staples and see the difference. Get $15 off signs, banners, and posters when you spend $75 or more. From Staples. And I couldn't miss it. N617. Visit staplesconnect.com slash printfig for details. Now, back to the Gary Flower Show on Rejoice 101.3. Welcome back to the Gary Flowers Show. Thursday, June the 29th, 2023. This is an appreciation of women, particularly black women. Raheem Devon. Do you remember this in the neo soul genre? Looking at Facebook Live, Sister Kimberly writes in and she says, Good morning, Gary, and Voices of the Village. Thank you, Sister Kimberly. Alrighty. That said, we, um, I wanted to also bring to your attention that President Biden, I think, is now feeling more of the pinch that he's going to have to be more progressive. He has now announced that in his second campaign for presidency, he will unveil the term Bidenomics. And that is a repudiation of Reaganomics. Reaganomics, as you remember, 40 years ago, said that if you give policy platform and, and perks to the wealthy, lower taxes... Low, uh, fewer regulations on corporate business that they the profits that the corporations make and the wealthy accrue would then trickle down to ordinary folks 
such as those of us who are forces of the village. Well, that plan never had strong footing in economic theory and has been utterly debunked over the past 40 years. There was no trickle down of financial blessings to poor people or working class people. So given that background, President Biden is now bringing forth the term Bidenomics, which he praise will be the antithesis of Reaganomics. So instead of trickle-down economic theory, actually putting forth economic platform that would benefit the locked out and left behind, ordinary folk, working people in America. And I think it's a good phrase uh, or good title. Now, the question is, how does he back it up? But I do think that putting an emphasis in a one-word synopsis of helping working people and the people at the bottom in America and making corporations pay more in taxes, I think is a good policy trajectory. Problem with Biden in the past is that he has faked left and gone right. He's good with speeches and phraseology. But when it comes down to the nitty gritty, many times he falls short. So at least I'll give him credit on the naming of Bidenomics as a way of helping working people in this country. And I see a sister by the name of Tyrissa. Sister Tyrissa has written in on Facebook and she says, good morning. I want to give credit to the Tennessee State University. My dear friend, Dr. Glenda Glover is the president of Tennessee State. And their athletic department has announced that Tennessee State will field a hockey team. Now, this is incredible because HBCUs have never had a hockey team. Black people don't play hockey for the most part because we are not raised in cold climates, one. And growing up, for the most part, there's nowhere to practice to get better. So this is transformational. As you know, Tennessee State is located in Nashville, Tennessee. And there is a hockey team there. And I think it's a great idea. The, I, the, the, the projection is that if Tennessee State can be given money for its program by the National Hockey League and other private sources to build up the hockey program, that those that platform and that model could be replicated, repl- replicated in other HBCUs. So Voices of the Village, particularly if you are an alum of an HBCU, what do you think about that? I think it's worth trying. I also think that HBCUs should invest in lacrosse. I think it's easier for young black kids to play lacrosse 
than it is for hockey. I mean, hockey, you have to have the ice skating rink. You have to have the skates and the equipment. I mean, that's a big deal. You have to essentially build a hockey rink on said campus. So, want to hear your thoughts. And on time is my man, Brother Reggie. If you are contemplating this issue and have thoughts or comments, please call in at 804-788-0990. Toll free, 833-990-1013. Brother Reggie, welcome. Hey, good morning, Gary Boys for the Village. You'd be surprised how the Albany schools are breaking their necks to get young black males and females into their schools for alternative sports, be it golf, lacrosse, fencing, you name it. They're trying to make more diversity. That's why Dr. Harvey was so successful at Hampton when he uh, left the child for playing Albany School. Matter of fact, I think they got a rowboat team of a crew team? Uh, yeah. Hmm. yeah. I believe they had that down uh, at Hampton as well as lacrosse. And Howard University, over the years, has kind of dabbled into sports. But you remember Morgan State had one of the baddest lacrosse teams back in the day. And they in Towson State used to have wars where it was blood on the field. Okay. Thanks for reminding me. Yeah, it was like Cuba and the United States um, water polo team in the Olympics back in the day where they got so physical they said blood in the water because they were pretty vicious. Mm-hmm. But my friend Gary, um, Michael Phillips has an article in Richmond Times Dispatch a couple of days ago where it discussed that the Burger and Gold, because I don't use the R word, no longer coming here was such a bad deal that the taxpayers on the state of Virginia on the hook between $500,000 and $700,000 a year for the next 10 years to pay for the bond secure facility. Now, I'm just going to say, it was Pastor Jones, Dwight Jones, that brokered that deal. Now, how in the ham sandwich can you have a team that's worth for over $6 billion getting money from a cash-strapped city of Richmond? It's beyond me. I understand they did do the football field at Huguenot High School. I understand they did help with John Marsh football field and did some other things, but it don't equate to... Five hundred thousand, seven hundred thousand, with seven million dollars in the next ten years. And oh, by the way, they had passed a casino deal. Had the Hughes would have dropped in what twenty five million that would have helped to offset some of that debt that we were looking at. Maybe I missed something. And it still may come through. Mm-hmm. I mean, if the if the entertainment project is is passed in November uh, on the referendum. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but I'm just saying. It just amazed me who's broken these deals where, again, the city of taxpayers are getting held hostage by taxpayer dollars. Yeah, I think that that Dwight Jones, former Mayor Jones, should step forward and publicly apologize for entering such a horribly ill-thought-through deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not going to do that. I know he's not, <laughs> but I, I still call for it. Yeah, as a taxpayer, I, we should. As a taxpayer in the state of Virginia, because it, it just amazed me where all these deals come up, but Richmond have no visionaries. 
you made an excellent point about Charlotte, um, North Carolina. Over the last, what, 40 or 50 years, they have taken business not only from the city of Richmond, but from all over, and now they transformed to a metropolitan that's having professional teams, banking industry, and as well as the airport. They took the... Oh, yeah, you know, in Nashville, Tennessee? Yeah, yeah, they they, they got a professional football team in the Titans. They've got a professional hockey team. They have um, revamped downtown even more beyond country music. I mean, Nashville is a model city in middle in many ways. Yeah, and it doesn't seem like the leaders in Richmond have learned anything from them. No, not at all. Yeah, Just beware, taxpayers of. Who's making these deals and who's getting shortchanged? That's all I'm Well, saying. I mean, this is Civic Week on the Gary Flowers Show, and that's why we have to be engaged at every level of municipal uh, management. You know, because the only way that Mayor Jones could have gotten away with this horrible deal is that we were asleep at the wheel. Well, I think a lot of false narratives were brought to the table. Yes. And like a fish in a hook, we, we were gullible and took them. Case in point, defendants were claimed, like, I can tell you what, Melvin Crawley, I wish he would call in, uh, Hawks Barbecue, they were told one thing, it was a bait and switch. And the amount of money yeah. they were told to put up front, true. they even had license, well, it was astronomical, and they didn't make that money back. Yeah, that's true, definitely. And, and you know, we had the brothers on the street trying to make vendors, where the NFL wasn't having that. <laughs> mm-hmm. When the NFL license and security came out, they cleaned all that up. They said, "No, nah, you can't tell you where it's here. You got to go." Yeah, and that's a uh, an excellent point. The shiny new coin was that the professional football team in Washington was coming to DC. I mean, coming to Richmond. They were the second or the third richest brand in National Football League, and that you know it was going to be a boondoggle for local businesses. There were going to be vendors that were going to make all sorts of money. Hotels would be filled. The restaurants would be filled. I mean, it was sold as a really, really big deal. Uh, But you're right. In many ways, it was bait and switch. And it was fool's gold. So I think that I'm going to double down, though, on our part. We have to ask more questions as citizens. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I'm hoping that they build a new diamond, a new baseball field, that a triple A affiliate, maybe the Washington Nationals can move down. Because you can, when the Braves were here, a lot of those Braves players who played for Atlanta came through Richmond, like Chipper Jones and the Pluckham. Oh, yeah. You got to see real, real talent at the next level. No doubt. Yeah, Dale Murphy, all the way back yeah. to Dusty Baker and and uh, Ralph Gar. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good, brother. Well, I appreciate you calling in this morning. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Okie dokie. Brother Bruce writes in and says, good morning, all. Learning this week, Bo Biden Foundation for the Protection of Children. Statistical data, care, and treatment of America's youth is daunting, to say the least. Yeah, this Bo Biden situation is not looking good for President Biden. Alrighty, we're going to go to musical break once again. And this is Erica Badu and her, <laughs> her ballad about Tyrone. <laughs> this is the kind of song that everybody knows all of the words. 
But we're paying attention and tribute to Black Music Month. The neo-soul genre in particular as we close out Black Music Month. When we return, this being Civic Week, we have Dr. Christopher Burton, who is a modern-day abolitionist. You've heard me say that I'm an abolitionist in several major areas of American life. You'll hear from Brother Burton as well. Stay tuned to The Gary Flowers Show. Gary's just getting started. Stick around for more on Rejoice 101.3. Mornings were made for better things than rheumatoid arthritis or RA. Zeljan's tofacitinib is a pill for adults with moderate to severe RA when tumor necrosis factor blockers did not work well or could not be tolerated. Zeljans can help relieve joint pain, swelling, and help stop further joint damage. Zeljans can lower your ability to fight infections. Don't start if you have one. Before and during treatment, your doctor should check for infections like TB and do blood tests. Serious, sometimes fatal infections, cancers including lymphoma and lung, blood clots, serious heart-related events, tears in the stomach or intestines, and allergic reactions have happened. People 50 and older with heart disease risk factors have an increased risk of death. Tell your doctor if you've had hepatitis B or C, have flu-like symptoms, are prone to infections, or have ever had a heart attack, stroke, clot, or other heart problems, or swelling of lips, tongue, throat, or hives. Ask your doctor about prescription Zeljans. Visit Zeljans.com or call 1-844-ZELJANS. Today's episode is brought to you by the Campaign for Tobacco-Free Kids. For decades, the tobacco industry has deliberately targeted black communities and kids like me with marketing for menthol cigarettes. It's had a devastating impact on black health. Tobacco use kills 45,000 black Americans every year. It's the number one cause of preventable death. Eliminating menthol cigarettes will save black lives and protect future generations from addiction. Learn more at tobaccofreekids.org slash menthol. Ask Sherwin-Williams during the four-day super sale, June 9th through the 12th, and get 40% off paints and stains with prices starting at $26.69. That means 40% off our most popular color family, blue. Psychologists have found it to be soothing and relaxing, which makes it especially great for bedrooms and bathrooms. And of course, get 40% off all of our other colors. Shop the sale online or visit your neighborhood Sherwin-Williams store. Retail sales only. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. Now, more with Gary Flowers on Rejoice 101.3. You better call Tyrone. That's Erica Badu. The Badu. As we commemorate... Black Music Month, particularly the subgenre of neo soul, made famous in the '90s, went into. And as we change the camera and angle here, I want you to be able to see Dr. Christopher Burton. He is uh, brother beloved. I met him three weeks, uh, maybe a month ago, at the Baccalaureate Services at the Presbyterian Theological Seminary. Uh, I grew up on those grounds. In fact, there was a basketball court where the apartments are now across the street. There were tennis courts and basketball courts. And that was our official playground 
Uh, my backyard was our half court playground, mm-hmm. but if we wanted to run a hole, then we went up to the seminary. All right, and uh, and so I grew up there, so I have fond uh, memories of the sacred space there. But tell us more about you. Where did you grow up, and and where were you educated? Yes, I was I was born and educated in Brooklyn, New York. Okay, um, and uh, we lived in New Jersey as well. Yeah. Uh, so uh, where that, in Brooklyn, and then where in New Jersey? So um, Bed Stuy and Crown Heights. Okay. Yeah. Do do or die, Bed Stuy. Do or die, Bed Stuy. So uh, one of my best friends' grandmother owned the Apollo. She owned three restaurants uh-huh. in Bed Stuy. One of them was the Apollo. Okay. Yeah. 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 So that was my my uh, my buddy's grandmother, and we would go up there. He would work there during the summers. For sure. For yeah. Sure. And then my great cousin mm-hmm. owned a pharmacy okay at 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 stuyverson and grand okay yeah yeah during that's, the 1940s that's, that's too far from where I, I used to live over i used to live on the uh jefferson and ralph so i could got gotcha, you gotcha. and, sure. and where where did you live in new jersey uh, in east orange oh yeah so i have a, yeah. a first cousin on my mother's side who lives in east orange see yeah we're family already there it is there it is <laughs> and uh, um, arlington is a main Street. That's right. Uh huh. Yeah. So, another one of my best friends' father had a grand uh, Tudor style mansion on Arlington. Some beautiful homes. Yeah. Attorney O.T. Wells. I don't All know right. if you know that name. He no, was not familiar. former national president of the National Bar Association. All right. Founder, co-founder of the National Negro National Negro Golfers Association. Yeah. Former national president of the Guardsman. I mean, he's a bad dude. Come and, on. And a trial. Trial attorney who represented H. Rap Brown, Angela Ooh. Davis. All right. Yeah, strong, yeah. strong litigator. 100%. There you go. And so then, where were you educated? Yeah, so I went to uh, Davidson College for undergrad. Oh, Steph Curry. Ter- uh, Steph Curry. Steph Curry. Ter- Curry. Ter- <laughs> exit 30, you know? <laughs> really? Were you there with him? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. So how was the undergrad? Oh, uh, it, it was just uh, one of my, my, my joys about um, seeing Steph's trajectory into like a Hall of Fame career is... He's the same person that we would like cut up and crack jokes in commons or right. know, walking on our main academic building was chambers and he yeah. he was always just like cracking jokes friendly, just a warm person. And I'll see him in like a post game interview and he has like a uh, a documentary coming out next week. Yeah. Like, this is still Steph, and that's just a Wow, and that's a good statement. I remember my father, may he rest in, in power. Mm-hmm. Uh he always cited the Bible in this sense. Of don't forget your Egypt. Yeah, come on. Okay, come on. The first time I was on C-SPAN, and I've gotten a lot of accolades in the mid 1990s. Yeah, and um, well, he called me out of my name. I'm not going to say it for FCC purposes, <laughs> but he said, "Look at here, don't forget your Egypt." Come on, and that's so good when you can see because there are others, right? Okay, who forget from whence they've come. Come on. And it is not a good look. But I could see that in Steph. He seems to be, uh, you know, from a distance, that same dude. Yeah. Rooted. Did, yeah, really very rooted. rooted. And that comes from his parents yeah, as well. Okay. 100%. Did you all, do you ever run any ball with him? Listen. Okay, okay. <laughs> you were say, don't, let's not take it too far. <laughs> I, I always laugh. I'm like so far out of college now. I could like lie to people. Say, yeah, I was a backup point guard. Right, right. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know? Because nobody knew Davidson. No. And nobody knew Steph Curry. No. Other than his famous father. Right, right. Great story for you, Gary. I, I'm at an internship in, in, in New York. I was working for Scholastic at that time. And college internship, so I'm just like on the computer. This is when Facebook like just came out, so I'm on Facebook the whole time. And I get an email from my dean because they had a program at Davidson called Stride where you could mentor uh, younger students. So I was a junior at that point, and I was like, oh, I'm going to have a, a mentee uh, who's an incoming freshman. And I look and I see I had three mentees, and one name said Wardell Stephen Curry II. And uh-huh. I said, wait, is that Del Curry's son? Wow. Like, I, was right. I was hype. But just, just in, in talking to him and, and getting to know him, I was like, okay, this is a human being, and, and we developed a friendship from that. But I remember... Uh, going into that uh, that school year, being like, yeah, you know, my my mentee, he plays for the team. I, I think he might start. He's, he's, he might be pretty good, and, and ended up becoming the the greatest player in our and school. So he year. was your mentee. That was my mentee. Yeah. Wow. So okay. So now I, I can't get past this. So my background, undergrad, uh, was at University of Virginia, uh-huh. and I was in a small cadre of students protesting righteously yeah. against the university and its systemic racism. Come on. And so it was hard to get the ballers to join us in the protest. Right, right. We had right. Ralph Sampson, the three-time right, right. national player Come of on. the year, and he only showed up one to it. one protest, and that was standing in the back. He didn't want to say anything. Yeah, 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 and I'm yeah. going, dude, like, we need your voice. Not only do we need your voice, but you have the most leverage. Come on, right. They what are they going to do to right. you? <laughs> you are the university right 100%, now. 100%, right. And so, it was, so, in that sense, Steph or any other athlete, if you all were to protest at Davidson, were, were the athletes involved? Well, well, we have a great example of that. Our senior year, um, good brother, um, another alum, David Dennis, organized a, a, a protest. He's a, a member of uh, Phi Beta Sigma. And okay. he was bringing his, the Davidson, uh, like I'm an alpha, and Davidson has uh, alphas and kappas on campus, but didn't have sigmas um, at that time, still doesn't. Every alpha has to have an omega service Listen. before you go on the ground. I just want to say uh, that's, that. That's, that's true. I, I, I just want to say that for the gotta, record. Y'all got to okay. have right. Okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, the old right. gold is cool with me. Well, <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, that th- this argument about the first and, you know, all of that, that's like Cro-Magnon man. Come on. Okay. <laughs> has to evolve into Homo sapiens. Oh, so we are this. the highest evolution. Oh, listen okay. to this. Okay. Listen okay. to this. Oh, I mean, well, don't get well, me well, started well, on the well, color we, purple. Weren't well, we just talking about roots? We, we were. We were. We were. Okay. All right. So let's go back to the protest. the other day, right? All right. So let's go back to the protest. Oh, yeah, yeah. So the protest... My, my good brother David uh, organized. Uh, basically, some sigmas uh, came to campus, and uh, people were like, oh, "I'm not comfortable with like basically black folks on campus who they didn't know." Yeah. Right? They, you know, Davidson's such a small place. Even if they didn't speak to us as black students, you could kind of get a sense of like who was who. Right. And so when they saw these um, brothers with David, some people were just like uh, alarmed, and I guess like kicked them out of a party or something like that. All of that ended up becoming a, a, a campus protest uh, where David organized, everyone had these t-shirts that says, do I make you feel uncomfortable? And contrary to, uh, you know, the story we were just sharing, Steph was wearing that shirt, other brothers on the team, I think about Andrew Lovedale, another brother that was on that team. Uh, and this is right as, you know, we just made that March Madness final uh, Elite yes. Eight run. So, yes. you know, this is at the height of, you know, not just like campus uh, celebrity, but really getting a national buzz around Absolutely. the team. So, yeah, it was really that that generation of students 
everyone understood we had to put skin in the game. Yes. You know, I, I was serving student body president at that time. You had brothers like Clint Smith, another one who was writing for the, yes. the school paper, David Sony. And so we really had a, 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 a golden era, a golden I just generation. read his reckon, reckoning uh, from New Orleans last <laughs> right, week. Right. So we're all at school at the same time and, and, and had this deep sense of, you know, we have to leave this place better than we found it. I, I'm now being able to go back and visit a few times. I really do believe that. I'm glad we, to, we to hear that at least most of the black students felt that they had skin in the game because yeah. at UVA, there was a small cadre of us right. who were, you know, tilling the soil. Yeah. Now that those, those plants and those blossoms that came out of our protests benefited all of the black students. 100%. But we only had a small few. Right, right. I mean, maybe maybe 5%. Yeah, yeah, I believe it. <clears throat> I believe it. But it taught me a grand lesson in life that you don't have to have unanimity. Right. You don't have to have everyone. You have to have a committed few. It always is, Gary. Yes. It always is. And that's is. what history tells us. Right. Okay. But we're looking for the big group and it never is. Selma, we got the Voting Rights Act, as you know, uh-huh. in, in March of, of 1965. Mm-hmm. But when John Lewis and Hosea Williams led that two-by-two mm-hmm. march, there were no physicians. No. There were no engineers. There were no lawyers. No. There were no uh, high potentates right. on the bridge. Those were ordinary folk yes. from Selma yes. that nobody knew where Selma, Alabama was. Come on. Okay? Those were ordinary folk taking a chance to do something extraordinary. Right. And I'm glad I learned that lesson undergrad. Mm-hmm. But I wish we would have had more participation from Ralph and the other prominent football. And now, at least Ralph. Yeah, come on. That, because the others may have had some retaliation. For sure. But Ralph could not be. Untouchable. 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 Yeah. And so I'm glad to see in the modern day, LeBron James right. and others using their platform. For sure. For social justice. And, you know, I believe that the times make the, the person, not the person making the times. No doubt about and it. And so we've evolved to a point uh, in American society where a lot of people who wouldn't have been with us 30 years ago right. are with us now. It's far more fashionable. There we go. I'm talking to Christopher Burton, Ph.D., who he and I met and just chopped it up briefly. And I knew immediately he would be a brother comrade uh, for life we're going to talk about abolitionism Mm -hmm. when we return to the Gary Flowers show now we're going to define it not in Harriet Tubman or Frederick Douglass terms we're going to give you a modern day view of what an abolitionist is and for what reasons but in the meantime and in between time as Houdini would say let us now go to Diggable Planets. Right. And their iconic song, you knew it as Rebirth of the Slick. Stay tuned to the Gary Flowers Show. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Gary will be right back. Call into the show locally at 788-0990. 
at 788-0990. Outside the local calling area, 833-990-1013. That's 833-990-1013. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. This is Matt Crowder, live at the gas station on 41st Street, reporting on those skyrocketing gas prices. Excuse me, miss, are you buying less gas now because of the high prices? Oh, I never pay full price for gas anymore. I just use the free Upside app that pays you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get paid cash when you buy gas with the Upside app? Yes, I get real cash back every time I buy gas. Well, does that actually add up to anything? I've made around $200. Wow. Well, there you have it. Stop paying full price for gas. Download the free Upside app and get real cash back every time you buy gas. This is Matt Crowder Radio News Network. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code LOT for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, to PayPal, or any gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code LOT for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code LOT. Look through your children's eyes to see the true magic of a forest. It's a storybook world for them. You look and see a tree. They see the wrinkled face of a wizard with arms outstretched to the sky. They see treasure in pebbles. They see a windy path that could lead to adventure. And they see you, their fearless guide to this fascinating world. Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. Now, local businesses can get closer to every customer in their city with fast, affordable shipping. Introducing USPS Connect Local. You want speed? We deliver same or next day. You want savings? We give you supplies at a flat rate. You want less legwork? We do free pickups. Move your local business forward with the United States Postal Service. Let's connect at uspsconnect.com slash local. Specific markets. Restrictions apply. Same day or next day delivery expected, but not guaranteed with entry close to final destination. Now, back to the issues with Gary Flowers on Rejoice 101.3. To booms, man, boogie had to change. Who freaks the clips with mad amount percussion? Where kinky hair goes to unthought of dimensions? Why is it so fly? Cause hip hop kept some drama. When butterfly rock the light, you sway boomers. What by the cut? We push it off the corner. How was the buzz entire hip hop era? Was fresh in fact since they started saying Audi? Cause funk's made fat from right beneath my hood. The pooba of the styles like miles and shit. Like 60s funky worms with waves and perms. Just sending junky rhythms right down your block. We beat to rap, what key beat to lock, but I'm cool like that. 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 Do you remember? Voices of the village. Sister beloved attorney, entertainment attorney Melody from Philadelphia writes in. She says, you know, I manage diggable planets. What? We appreciate that. Catch us live in a city near you as we celebrate the 30th anniversary of that first album. What? Sister Melody, I did not know that. Well, see, everything happens for a reason. That's it. I have in studio Christopher Burton, who is who has just corrected me. He is a doctor of ministry, as opposed to what I said was a PhD. Please delineate the difference. Oh, for sure. So, uh, PhD is a research degree. So this is where you're in the, the business of not only creating new knowledge, but um, more often, you know, your college professor 
more often than not has has a PhD. Folks who are working in uh, deep levels of research will have a PhD. Um, doctor of ministry is classified as one of those like professional degrees, and same with like a, a juris doctorate or, or law degrees, a, a professional degree. And, and what it means is essentially I do my work uh, primarily uh, within the, the context of the church. So a lot of what I'll be talking about today with Gary and, and my work in general, um, as I understand like abolition theology, is really for me about understanding the way in which the church interacts with the world. So I started ah, okay. Yeah. yeah, break that down a little bit more. I mean, I, we, I, I, I'm sure there's some people who are listening now who say, okay, I hear that, but say that again. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> essentially saying that uh, for me and, and the school where I, I, I was trained and, and now uh, work as their director of uh, Leadership Institute, uh, Union Presbyterian Seminary, if you were to walk by that campus, you would see signs that talk about the church in the world. And so that has always really um, struck me and made me think a lot because I grew up in the church and, and I remember hearing uh, so much conversation about getting outside of the four walls. Right? Yes, and so outside of the edifice. Got to get outside of the edifice, right? Because we, we've seen it too many times where a church, the only time you, you even know church is going on is when the cars pull into the parking lot when they pull right back out, right? But really thinking about what it means to be the church in the world is really understanding, you know, that you're trying to live in the same way that Jesus uh, lives, which is, you know, walking around, being with people, having community with folks, and really making sure that your life and everything that you're doing in your life is about making things and places better than the way you found them and first encountered them. So that's what I'm hoping to do with my own, uh, not only my ministry, but also with my scholarship. And how is that growing in the in the academic field of of divinity and theology. So you've seen a, a lot of uh, seminaries transition to uh, that terminal degree that they offer being the doctor of ministry degree. Now, you still have uh, a, a couple of seminaries that still have uh, the Ph.D. as an option as well. But primarily having a lot of folks um, within the church start to focus on what does it mean for me to really enhance my work when it comes to uh, preaching or my work when it comes to Christian education or my work when it comes to ethics or, or, or looking at uh, theology and, and, and various aspects of it. So it gives uh, those of us who work within the church, whether you're a, a full-time uh, parish minister, pastor, or someone who just has a deep understanding for uh, wanting to work within the church, an opportunity to really amplify the work you're already doing. And this, I I would, I would, I would, um, speculate is in lockstep or at least running parallel with liberation theology. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. When, okay. I, when I think about abolitionist uh, theology and a lot of my, my scholarship was absolutely fed by um, the work of, you know, Titans in this thing like uh, Gustavo Gutierrez or James Cone or Katie. So in, in 25 words or less, what's the difference between liberation theology and abolitionist theology? Sure. So I'll say the, the main difference between liberation theology and abolitionist theology is that abolitionist theology is talking about understanding Jesus as the prime abolitionist. So when we talk about what it means for folks to be free, we look at Jesus reading uh, the words in Isaiah 61 where he talks about setting the captive free. Uh-huh. And understanding that as, you know, this is these words in this scripture, Isaiah 61, are fulfilled today, is what he says in the book of Luke. And when we see that, understand like, oh, Jesus came primarily to set folks free. So those of us who, who proclaim to follow Christ and want to be the hands and feet of Christ, we also have to be in the business of setting people free. Liberation theology, um, also obviously with the, with the word liberation being in the title, is about freedom as well. But it's about understanding and sort of like reconstructing a new understanding of your faith. So it's where, whereas, you know, localizing a to us as uh, 
African Americans or, or black people throughout the diaspora, the sense of trading in a, a slave master oppression uh, based form of Christianity for one that understands about taking the shackles off and, and, and freeing people from uh, the sort of like mental bondage that was uh, formerly given to them. And self determination. And self determination for sure. Ah, okay, okay. I am there. I'm so there. And. You know, I have said on the Gary Flowers show for at least six of my seven years that in many respects, I'm an abolitionist mm-hmm. to the American empire and many of the systems that it has produced. Uh, let's begin with I'm an abolitionist for the healthcare system right. that does not provide universal free health care for its citizens. Right. That we have a for-profit, fee-for-service, middleman industry mm-hmm. that is only seeking profits. Right. That in the criminal justice system, that the wealthy, you know, go free and the poor are incarcerated mm-hmm. and in many times are exploited by their labor Right. And literally put into the fields. Yes. If not corporations working for 50 cents a day. Right. And that goes to, you know, a victim fund or something. It doesn't even go to them. No. And so the abolition of the penal system, mm-hmm. the abolition of the educational system. Right. Where in public education is woefully underfunded. Right. And the spirit is that we didn't want poor whites or poor blacks to be educated in 1883. Mm-hmm. And we still don't. Right. And so the move, the, 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 the educational vultures that want to take the $600 million budget appropriation for public education right. and put that into private schools. Right. Uh, the abolition of the, um, of the housing industry come on okay where we have more millionaires and billionaires than any other country on the planet right and have more homeless people more homeless people than anywhere else and we have the technology to do so so i've spoken out on that before but we're going to go to mid-break now and then come back to brother christopher burton who has his phd uh and doctorate in ministry uh particularly looking at abolitionists Theology. Stay tuned to the Gary Flowers Show. This is Tony, Tony, Tone. Lay your head on my pillow. We'll see you and hear from you on the second hour of the Gary Flowers Show. The Gary Flowers Show. Adopt U.S. Kids presents What to Expect When You're Expecting A Teenager Learning the Lingo Today I'm going to help parents translate teen slang. Now, when a teen says something is on fleek, it's exactly like saying, that's rad. It simply means that something is awesome or cool. Another one is totes. It's exactly like saying, totally, just shorter. As in, I totes love going to the mall with Becca. Another word you might hear is jelly. Jelly is a shorter, better way to say jealous. As in, Chloe, I am like so jelly of your unicorn phone case. You don't have to speak teen to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will think you're, um, rad just the same. 
To learn more, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. Listen up. Tobacco use is the number one cause of preventable death among black Americans. You ask why? For decades, tobacco companies have deliberately targeted black communities with kids marketing for menthol cigarettes. There are up to 10 times more tobacco ads in black communities than others. They price their products cheaper in our neighborhoods and even handed out free samples, all to hook black people into a life of addiction, disease, and death. It's time to eliminate menthol cigarettes and stop big tobacco from profiting from black lives. Learn more. Please visit Visit tobaccofreekids.com forward slash ban menthol. The roar of our engines, the pump of our heartbeats, the pedal to our metal, the sparks that ignite us, the pistons that push us, the passions that drive us. From the feelings that move us to the places that pull us on the roads that unite us. With nearly 6,000 stores and over 17,000 auto care centers, Napa has America's largest network of parts and care. Here to keep you firing on all cylinders. WREJ, Richmond, community involved, spiritually uplifting. Rejoice 101.3. We are Richmond. Good morning. Here's a look at your local area and Virginia headlines for Rejoice 101.3. Local air quality will be affected as smoke from the Canadian wildfires passes through northern and central Virginia today. Expectations are that central Virginia will experience code orange air quality, while parts of northern Virginia and Washington, D.C. will experience code red conditions. There is a minor air quality alert for Charles City, Dinwiddie, Chesterfield, the city of Colonial Heights, Hanover County, Henrico County, New Kent County, Prince George, and the City of Richmond. Code Orange Air Quality puts at risk groups like children, the elderly, and people with heart and lung problems. Recommendations are that they should wear a mask when going outside and avoid strenuous activities like running. Multiple car break-ins and thefts at parks are being investigated by the New Kent County Sheriff's Office. Chief Deputy Lee Bailey said the break-ins and thefts occurred between 8.30 and 10 a.m. back on Tuesday, and deputies were sent to Pine Fork Park and discovered that three vehicles had been broken into. The culprit had smashed the car windows to get inside. Bailey said, quote, it's unusual. We normally don't see that in our area. It's very rare. He added that critical cards, cash, gift cards, and other personal items were taken from the vehicles. A change in Henrico County's rules will now allow alcohol to be served in parks and recreation facilities for concert goers. The Board of Supervisors made that decision this past Tuesday with a unanimous vote. Under this new policy, consumption of alcohol and service will be restricted to reserved areas and only be allowed during events subject to a valid special event agreement. Requirements include organizers to hold appropriate and valid licenses from the Virginia Alcoholic Beverage Control Board. And that's a look at your local area and Virginia headlines. I'm Calvin Cecil for Rejoice 101.3. Have a great day. Rejoice 101.3. I'm Cheryl Wilkerson. VDOT, they've signed off on plans to add a new exit off of I-64 and short pump. Planners say there's an alarming amount of crashes in the area caused by the existing traffic backups onto the interstate. And they say if nothing is done, backups could stretch four miles by 2026. So this project is going to cost $250 million. Please drive carefully out there. I'm Cheryl Wilkerson. This is Rejoice 101.3. 
COVID-19 has changed everything for the children of the world. Since the earliest days of the pandemic, we've been on the ground providing children food, educational resources, and basics no child should be without. To learn more, visit savethechildren.org together. This holiday season, join us and make change for children. Visit savethechildren.org together. Furnished by Save the Children. I'm not going very far. It's too uncomfortable. I'm in a hurry. Sometimes I just forget. There's no such thing as a good excuse for not buckling up. You're not only putting yourself at risk of injury or death, it could also cost you lots of money. Cops are writing tickets, so why take the risk? Do the smart thing and start buckling up every trip, day or night. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. AccuWeather brought to you this morning by Massey Wood and West, fueling Virginia since 1923. Mostly sunny, hazy day today. Distant wildfires causing the haze, high 87. Clear skies tonight, air quality unhealthy for some, low 66. Clouds and sun for tomorrow, high at 89. Cloudy and humid, thunderstorm for tomorrow night, low 71. Clouds and breaks of sun and thunderstorm on Saturday afternoon, high Saturday 87. For AccuWeather on Rejoice 101.3, I'm Steve Williams. It's the Gary Flower Show, where Richmond comes for lively conversation and debate on the issues that concern you. Gary may not agree with you, but he's never disagreeable. It's your show, your thoughts, your ideas. You will be entertained, and if not careful, educated. To be a part of the discourse, call 788-0990. That's 788-0990. Outside the local calling area. 833-990-1013, exclusively on Rejoice, 101.3 FM, 990 AM, and on the web at RejoiceRichmond.com. The Gary Flower Show starts now. And welcome back to the second hour of the Gary Flower Show on this Thursday, June the 29th, 2023. Hazy, typically humid summer morning in central Virginia, but there by the grace of God go we because in my beloved Chicago and Detroit and other Northern cities, it is a day filled with smoky, hazy air, the air quality, extremely poor. You think about those who may suffer from asthma or any other bronchial uh, malady. It is a bad day to even go outside What do you do when you live in an apartment that doesn't have air conditioning and you are used to raising your window for a cross draft? What do you do? And you have breathing issues. There are a lot of people who are suffering this morning. So there, by the grace of God, go we. I want to welcome you back to the Gary Flowers Show. And from the first hour, Sister Teresa Tyrissa writes in and says... Thank you, Dr. Burton, for breaking down the difference between abolitionist theology and liberation theology. She said, I am an abolitionist as well. So there it is. There it is. We are, we're talking to Brother Christopher Burton, who has his doctorate in ministry with a concentration on abolitionist theology. And 
I wanted to kind of break that down more because it's almost like a corporate term Xerox mm. has been used for the process of making copies. Mm-hmm. And yet it was just a brand. Right, right. Okay. When you say, I'm going to Google it, Come that on. is a search engine. It's a company that developed the search engine. Right. But there are other search engines so beyond Google. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, because of our very mediocre, if not poor, public education system in this country, mm. people have associated abolitionism and abolitionists to a period of time before emancipation in the 18 early to mid 1800s right and we don't look at the etymological root and the definition of the term to be an abolitionist is to abolish to seek to abolish a system. Mm -hmm. And so, in 2023, Voices of the Village, we can look at the systemic racism, systemic sexism, systemic isms that affect us. And if we oppose those systems, then we should declare ourselves abolitionists to said system. Mm Mm-hmm. And with that, I want to turn it over to Brother Dr. Christopher Burton again on what are some of the 2023 applications from your perspective in terms of abolitionism? Well, what, I, what I love about the way you just introduced it is part of the reason why I think um, y- y- general society sort of thinks about abolition as something of the past is the ways in which we have a a deep commitment to upholding mythology here in our country. So part of that mythology is understanding that, oh, slavery was a long time ago. Yeah. The work is done. We're, we're living into Dr. Gr- Dr. King's uh, dream right now. Like, it's, it's everything's fine. And so if you have that sort of mythology as your primary lens, when we're talking about the need for abolition right now, this is going to create a huge dissonance in a person, and they're going to say, what are you talking about? Like, things are better. But I, I want to go and look at, for example, the 13th Amendment, which yes. abolished slavery, except in the case of those who are incarcerated. And so if we, ah. so if we know that uh, we are a nation that incarcerates more people than anyone else, you could then make the argument that we have more slaves than anyone That's else. That's right. You know, and, and Say that again for the people in the back. If we are a nation that still incarcerates folks um, at a degree more than anyone else, one far foot, more, far more, far more. You know, not the most populous nation on earth, not even close to that. But we incarcerate more folks than anyone else. Then you can make the argument that we have more people who are enslaved here than any other place, right? So when we talk about abolition and, and something I argue about in my scholarship is, you know, Jesus uh, talks about the least of these, yes, right? and, and has this this uh, deep association with those who are at the very bottom of society. And I think you'd be hard-pressed to find anyone who is at a lower place or lower, dare I say, caste in our United States American society than the person who is incarcerated or formerly incarcerated. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that is the absolute uh, least of these. So that's where the, the foundation of, of this work of abolition uh, flows from me. And from there, now you can look at 
all the different arenas that you mentioned earlier, Gary, when you're talking about education, right? When you're talking about housing, when you're talking about um, the health system, all of these things that... Criminal should, justice. The yeah. criminal justice system. All, all these things that shouldn't be an argument uh, about, uh, you know, everyone needing to have equal opportunity so that we can create equal outcomes. Um, but instead, what we have is a very stratified, intentionally stripped away where resources are taken from the very least and, and, and flung to the very top of society. And, and that is a reason for the deep uh, societal discord that we have. And I believe that if we address these things, now we can get into the other uh, aspects of self-care that don't just affect the bottom of society, but affect the entire society, the grief, the heartache, the anxiety. Let me lift a, 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 a phrase that you just used, which is uh, equal opportunity to equal outcomes. And so many of the recalcitrant right who are racist say, look, we can't, you know, we, we can't guarantee equal, you know, results. We can just, you know, move toward equal opportunity. Well, they don't even try. That's that's a lie off right. the top. <laughs> but there's something beyond equal opportunity. Yes, we are fighting for an even playing field where equal opportunity should be the birthright of every person in this country. But there's recompense. Oh, come on. There's recompense. And so it is not just start the clock now with equal opportunity right. as if we could. Right. When Frederick Douglass gave the analogy that if you are judging me based on ground level and ignoring the fact that I started in a ditch, mm -hmm. then you are obfuscating and really misdirecting this thing called equal opportunity. Mm -hmm. We cannot start as Americans now and go forward. For 246 years alone, there was legal bondage for African-Americans only. Right. That is a huge economic head start right. for, white, for white America. Now, some would argue in white America, look, I didn't do anything wrong. I right. have worked for everything I have. Right. My, if my grandparents or great-grandparents did something wrong, I shouldn't be blamed for that. Right. Well, we're not asking you to take the blame. We're asking you to join us in dismantling the systems that benefited your great-grandparents mm -hmm. to which your family has accrued wealth yeah. and favor. And, and something I argue is that the oppression that affects folks at the very bottom of society affects us all. Yes. So even if you're someone who, and I've heard that argument countless times, oh, I, my, I never owned slaves. Like why, like, why should I have to pay? When we talk about reparations or something yeah. like that. But we, we haven't been talking in good faith about the sort of benefits that have been passed down, the compound interest. My goodness, if you think about the head start a person has, if you think about all the data that comes out about like uh, median wealth in black households versus white households, this is incomparable when we're talking land about land ownership. Land ownership. That we, was given to European immigrants who jumped the line ahead of Africans. Uh, let's talk uh, about know. that a little bit more. Let's begin with land uh, when we return from our musical break. Uh, but we're talking to brother Christopher Burton, who has his doctorate in ministry with a focus on abolitionist theology. If you have questions or comments, please call in at 804-788-0990 and toll free 833-990-1013. And I have just uh, heard from my 
uh, dear sister who says, good morning, Gary and Voices of the Village. Thank you, Dr. Christopher, for sharing the depth, insightful, powerful history and knowledge of contemporary theology. By the way, Isaiah 6.1 is one of my favorite scriptures, and I meditate it on all the time. Yes, yes. Here now from Les Nubian, two sisters from Paris. And this is a song entitled Makeda. Makeda was the nickname of the Queen of Sheba. And if you ever can find the lyrics, get the lyrics in a translation of this song. What they're talking about is we know who Makeda was. We know that she was a bad sister and she challenged the isms and ills of her time. So for all of the queens out there who are fighting the systems here and around the world, all hail Makeda. Stick around. The Gary Flower Show will be right back on Rejoice 101.3. I am a proud fourth generation family member connected to the historic Virginia Union University. Virginia Union University is a premier liberal arts urban institution of higher education founded in 1865. It is a center of excellence for the preparation of students and the development of future global leaders. Home to the world-renowned Samuel D. Witt Proctor School of Theology, Virginia Union University offers a broad range of educational opportunities that advances liberal arts education, teaching, research, science, technology, continuing education, civic engagement, and international experiences. To learn more or to give generously to Virginia Union University, please visit the website www.vuu.edu. I may be Dr. Nina Ford Johnson, but I'm a mom first. My babies are my top priority, always. With COVID going around affecting Black kids at a higher rate, I'm telling any parent with kids five and older that ask, mine will be getting the COVID vaccine as soon as they're old enough. The risk from COVID far outweigh any risk from side effects of the vaccine. It's the best protection for my kids and for yours. We can do this. Find vaccines near you at vaccines.gov. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Talking to your kids about the dangers of vaping can be hard. Getting them to listen to hot gossip is easy. So here's some drama you could share with your kid. Dude, did you hear about Cassie and Jake? No, but did you hear that vaping can cause irreversible lung damage and nicotine affects brain development? <gasps> Nuh-uh. You don't need to gossip if you want to have an open conversation about vaping. So if you want to get tips on when and how to talk to your kids, visit talkaboutvaping.org. Brought to you by the American Lung Association and the Ad Council. Join the conversation, The Gary Flower Show, on Rejoice 101.3. Voices of the Village This is Les Nubian Two sisters from Paris, France This song is dedicated to the Queen of Sheba Also known as Makeda On your smartphone 
or your device, type in Le Nubian. N-U-B-I-A-N-S and then the song Makeda and ask for the English translation. This is for all of the queens out there who are fighting the systems that we have to abolish. And as such, we have in studio Brother Christopher Burton, who is a doctor in ministry with a a concentration in abolitionist theology. And we're talking about on one side of the ledger, there has to be equal opportunity. You can't guarantee, in theory, equal outcomes if everybody has an equal start. Get that. But the other side of the ledger is recompense and reparations, particularly in this country where one set of people were inherited debt, another set of people inherited wealth. And I use the analogy... A lot of people in these this generation have never driven a, a, a stick shift car. Mm-hmm. And so when you drive a manual transmission, you have to negotiate between releasing the clutch and depressing the gas mm-hmm. at the same time. Right. It's a delicate balance. But both are integral okay. to the advancement right. of the car. <clears throat> if we're going to advance as a true democracy... Mm-hmm. or constitutional republic, or beacon of light to the world, right. then that delicate balance has to be met yeah. or the car will stall. Come on. And democracy will fail and America will go down. Right. And so there is equal opportunity to equal uh, results, but there's also recompense. Yeah. Our jurisprudence system says that if you can prove that you're injured, Mm-hmm. Before a an arbitrary and a objective judge, if you can prove that injury, then you should be remedied. Right. Okay. There right. should be remediation. There should be repair. There should be recompense. Mm-hmm. So if our jurisprudence system in this country is predicated on injury and then repair, there is no dispute that black people in this country have been injured. Right. Even if we stop at 246 years and leave off the 150 years of Jim Crow. Right. And then to the present of second-class citizenship. Right. Mass incarceration. Okay. So if, you, if, we, if there's no dispute on injury, then let's start the business of House Resolution 40 proposed by the late, great House of Representatives member of Congress, John Conyers, mm-hmm. and his bill to study reparations for black people in this country yeah you know you know what you're saying gary makes me think about the sort of mental exercise i often play where i think about different times and opportunities that our country had to get things right yeah and and i think about that that period of reconstruction as such a loss wasted opportunity where we could have if we had the collective moral courage as a nation to to uh, build black wealth and, and and just do what was right to people who were enslaved, at the very least, to give equal opportunity. At the very least, another moment in history like you're the, not the GI giving Bill. people anything out of slavery. No, you're making them whole for what they've lost for 246 years. That's it's it's, a, it's not a difficult thing to, to to do. The land loss prevention project at the at North Carolina Central University mm-hmm. can document one million acres. Of land stolen. Stolen. Okay, 
not lost, but stolen right. from black. That's what we can document. Yes. That's not the nuances no. outside of one million Talking acres. Talking man-made lakes, Central Park in, in, in New York City. Talking about the highways that have gone through. Hilton Head, Come on. South Carolina. Come on. Georgetown in the nation's capital. Come on. Black communities, gone. Yes. Vanished. With no recompense. None. And so... When we look at that, you know, I grew up here in the capital of the Confederacy. Mm -hmm. And rather than actualize any meaningful remedy, it was not even discussed. Right. It was it was out of civility to even raise the subject. Come on. Nowhere near the table. Zero on that. <laughs> and so as abolitionists, I think we, we, we are con conveying to voices of the village a new term and a new perspective. So Voices of the Village, I'm asking you now to call in on what plateau are you an abolitionist? In what mm. category of American society do you think the whole system should be abolished? Not mm. nuanced, not fixed around the edges, but abolished. I would submit and double down once again that I think the healthcare system needs to be abolished. Mm -hmm. The criminal justice system needs to be abolished. The education system needs to be abolished. The housing uh, system needs to be abolished. And that's off the top. Right. Now, when we reconstruct it, then we should do so with equity and justice and equal opportunity as its basis. No question. Uh, there has to be a deep national in the terms of national identity deep commitment to justice and doing right and and, and dare i say uh even though this is heavily christian language i think it, it's language that just uh transcends and brings in all of humanity about what it means to love your neighbor yes that has to be at the that shouldn't base. be corny that shouldn't be corny no no that has to be at the base of how we deal with one another and make these policies and if you profess to be a christian the, there were just two major commandments by jesus the christ Love your, your God with, with all of your heart. Right. And love thy neighbor. Yeah. I mean, it sounds simple, but love is the key in the words it's of Frankie Beverly and Mays. Critical. The key. No doubt about it. Yeah. And so as we discuss it more, then we can actualize it. But Voices of the Village, I want to hear from you. Are you an abolitionist in any system in America? Please dial in at 804-788-0990. And toll-free, 833-990-1013 will get you into the Gary Flowers Show. Uh, let's see who is writing in. Big Brother Nate from Chicago has written in, and he says, Happy Thursday, GL and Voices of the Village. Sister Robin from Richmond says that she is an abolitionist for the insurance industry. Uh, and that insurance, medical, life, homeowners, and motor. That, you know, people are going into bankruptcy because of a medical bill. Right. That was unnecessary from the giddy-up. Come on. And now they are in debtor's prison, if you will, mm -hmm. for the rest of their life. Right. Whereas, you know, I, I remember seeing a documentary, Unnatural Causes, where it looked at the CEO of a health corporation and the janitor who cleaned the basement. Right. And you would think that the uh, janitor who has doesn't have to worry about the corporate stocks and 
and all of the, the pressures of the CEO would be in better health. Right. Because all he has to do is mop the floor yeah. and clean the windows. But when you break it down, mm-hmm. he has ridden his bike or caught three buses to get to the hospital right. corporation by 6 a.m. Come on. He didn't have a full breakfast. No. He may have eaten a bag of potato chips. Come on. Okay. When he gets there, he has the pressure of uh, dealing with turning on all of the generators and the lights. Right. Okay. Let's flip over to the CEO. The CEO had a full breakfast made by uh, an employee mm-hmm. at his house. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's well balanced. Right. Has gotten into a luxury vehicle. Mm-hmm. And driven directly into the garage mm-hmm. without any climate issues of snow or rain or sleet or hail and gets into his office and has brought his coffee right. and breakfast bun by another employee mm-hmm. and proceeds to casually look at the computer screens right. and then begins to give calls and delegations to other people to do the work. Right. Just based on what he sees yeah. or she sees. Right. And he has a health plan. Mm-hmm. And a gym in the office. Come on. And so this documentary, Unnatural Causes, helps to fortify my assertion that we need to abolish the healthcare system as it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why did why does Cuba promote and project more medical trained physicians around the world than any other country? Because they have intentionality to do so. All about intentionality. It really is. Because uh, if you think about what does it mean... Like, your your priorities always come to bump. They always show up. Ain't and, that in the Bible? Listen, where your heart is is where your treasure is? Come on. Absolutely. So, so if you think about what are we telling the world, even if we're saying one thing with our mythology, what are we saying with how we actually treat folks? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. No, that's where our How do we love up. thy neighbor? Come on. Every single budget we have is a moral document, Gary. Yes, Every it is. single one. Say that again for the people in the back. Every single budget we have is a moral document. Where you put your dollars is where you care about. From city council, come on, to county council, yes, to the state legislature, right, to Congress, to the United Nations. Yeah. And if you're not if you're not putting money behind it, you don't care about it. You don't mean it. Exactly. Exactly. We're talking to Christopher Burton who has his doctorate in ministry with a concentration on abolitionist theology. Let's once again hear from your New York sister. All right. Sister Mary J. herself, uh, yes. who says, everything is just fine. Well, everything ain't just fine. We can aspire that everything be just fine. But we, need, we have work to do, Voices of the Village. We'll be back in just a few minutes on the Gary Flowers Show. Gary will be back after a few messages on Rejoice 101.3. Today's episode is brought to you by the Campaign for Tobacco-Free Kids. For decades, the tobacco industry has deliberately targeted black communities and kids like me with marketing for menthol cigarettes. It's had a devastating impact on black health. Tobacco use kills 45,000 black Americans every year. It's the number one cause of preventable death. Menthol cools and numbs the throat, making it easier for kids to start smoking. 
It also increases addiction, making it harder for smokers to quit. Menthol cigarettes are a big reason why black Americans die at high rates from cancer, heart disease, and stroke. It's time to stop big tobacco from profiting off black lives. Eliminating menthol cigarettes will save black lives and protect future generations from addiction. Learn more at tobaccofreekids.org slash menthol. Progressive Insurance protects people's cars, homes, and other vehicles. But if you've ever seen our commercials or even just heard our name, you probably already knew that. What you may not know is that we support Humble Design, a nonprofit that furnishes homes for families and veterans emerging from homelessness. Because a little help goes a long way. And a lot of help. Well, you get the idea. Now, if you already knew all of this about Progressive Insurance, we're impressed. We'll have to find something else cool to tell you next time. Find out more about how we're dedicated to our customers and communities at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Mama, what does the chicken say? Uh, dog. Cat. Giraffe. Giraffe, really? Giraffe. Uh, giraffe. You're not going to get it all right. Just make sure you nail the big stuff, like making sure your kids are buckled correctly in the right seat for their age and size. Get it right. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. For live streaming audio of The Gary Flower Show, log on to RejoiceRichmond.com. And welcome back to the Gary Flowers Show on this Thursday, June the 29th, 2023. That is Sade Adu and her iconic song from her first album, Smooth Operator. Breaking news, Voices of the Village. I thought it would be tomorrow, but the Supreme Court has overturned affirmative action and removed race as a consideration for higher education. This is a very, very sad day in America. And it will be another branch on the whitening of America. That said, I, I want to thank Sister Julia, who uh, wrote in and reminded me about that as well, uh, and Brother uh, Christopher Burton, who's in studio. We, he's, we've been talking about abolitionism, but the legal system in this country needs to be restructured. That said, I want to go to Voices of the Village. Is this Sister Robin from... Richmond or North Carolina or elsewhere? Yes, welcome. I cannot hear you. You're breaking up. Please uh, hang up and try to call back in. We can't hear you at all. But uh, so, um, wow. Right. Dr. Burton, what say ye? You know, it's... It's hard to surprise me nowadays. Yes, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll start with that. I, I do think that all of this is what I've been calling a deep soul sickness within the United States. A deep soul sickness. Deep I like that. Soul sickness, and mm-hmm. I, I think that we have to really 
examine our intentions and look at what sort of nation are we trying to have? Are we trying to have a nation where those who sit um, behind the proverbial steering wheel are trying to intentionally drive into the iceberg as all of the census data points toward uh, an increase in, in those who are called minorities or, or people of color um, becoming uh, more and more of a, a demographic um, as we approach uh, the 2040s and 2050s? Is that part of what's driving the uh, the the rush to repeal things like a woman's right to choose, the rush to repeal things like affirmative action? Why are we making decisions, um, those who we've uh, elected and those who, who um, have been appointed by those we've elected? Why are we making decisions that are so driven by our fear, are so driven by a lack of courage, are so driven by a, a deep hatred of the other? And I, I'm going to slightly push back on the pronouns. I don't even say we. I mm. say they. Because it ain't we. It is wealthy white males mm-hmm. that fear the browning of America. But let's break down the numbers. White people only make up 7% of the world's population. Right. And that's dropping. Right. 93% of the world is red, yellow, brown, or black. Mm-hmm. Okay. Secondly, this country according to the alternative right, was established as a white male Christian nation. Right. Now, even if you think that, that's not what you wrote on paper. It's not what you wrote on the paper. No. And so, it is their fear. But that's their problem. Yeah. I I quote Jesse Williams from the Grammys mm-hmm. six years ago a lot. He said, the burden of the brutalized mm-hmm. is not to bring comfort to the bystander. Right. I care less if little white kids are feeling some kind of way because their great-grandparents hanged my great-grandparents. And, and I'll tell you this, Gary, as a, as a former teacher, even that sort of, like, dramatization of it, I call nonsense on Yes. It. I taught English. Yes. I taught white kids. I taught black kids. I taught um, Asian kids, Latin kids. Like, like I taught a, a, a diverse group of students. My, my students regardless of social location, had a deep interest in the text. Yes. And we were able to connect it back to the humanity of things. So I, I think about when I taught Shakespeare, I taught A Merchant of Venice. And I said, we're not going to just jump into this story just so y'all could think Shylock was just a terrible person. We're going to start by looking at the ways in which Jewish people were treated in Europe. Mm-hmm. We're going to continue to look at the ways in which Nazis viewed this play and were, and were celebrating the wrong thing. So now that you all, as, as they were ninth graders, you're going to read this play and understand you can't just look at Shylock and say he's the villain. Exactly. You got to understand the way Shylock has been treated. This play starts with him getting his, his, his uh, beard spat on. So in the same way, when we talk about, oh my gosh, if we teach the true history of what it means to be an American, then that's going to make white children feel bad. The large thing that's not being said is like, how has the non-inclusion of black children and, and, and Mexican children and, and Chinese children and, and, and indigenous children, how has that made them feel? There's no regard given to that. Exactly. And we need to look at this in terms of all of our children. And I believe the church will say amen on Proverbs 4 and 6. Come on. Beyond wisdom, get understanding. Come on. And so if we really, education is predicated on an understanding. Oh, deeply. Okay. Deeply. And so there is no education where there's no understanding of the total picture. Right. Let's go to Voices of the Village. Brother Reggie, welcome. Peace and blessing to you, Gary, and to your guest. Uh, thank you, Deacon, for defensive justice, and also, young man, for your great words, being a strong Nazarene. But when it comes to the imagery of many churches, and we know the word Christ 
company anywhere, Krishna, spelled K-R-I-S-H-N-A, which means the black woman. Why is it that so many churches in our community have a picture of a thin-looking European holding a lamb and they don't have the true picture there? Well, say that last part of your question again, brother. Why is it that if we know the true picture of Christ being that of a black man, why do we see so many pictures of Europeans in our black churches? Yeah, I, I think there's definitely a deep unlearning that has to happen. I, I, I've served in churches where I've you know walked in and, and, and seen a, a giant uh, illustration, a portrait of uh, a, a white man uh, who looks closer to Brad Pitt than the historic Jesus looks. And I think part of that is um, really interrogating and understanding a deep sense of the ways in which uh, white supremacy has crept into the church and, and has like, really taken a seat and formed a lot of the, the ways in which we understand things. But I do want you to um, be clear on this, that you know, this sort of like genesis of, of Christianity, to your point, is 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 not a, a white face at all, right? This is a a, a, a black face that um, that lived in the Near East that we now call called the Middle East, and so us understanding that um, the church in its infancy was birthed in North Africa, right? The church grew and matured in 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 what we know as Africa. So it's it's not so much about understanding it as a, a white man's religion, which is uh, something that's often argued because of the ways that we see it um, depicted in churches. But and I it's think been it, bastardized. And it's mm. been bastardized. So it takes a really deep unlearning, a collective unlearning of that that we all have to participate in. Just a quick follow-up. If a young child looks up at that picture and they say, be more like Christ, and there's a picture of a European, he's going to say, there's no hope for me because I don't look like that. You know, brother, I, I grew up in a church where uh, for our Sunday school, and now it's summertime, a lot of churches are doing VBS. And I, and I really what is do, VBS? Uh, so Vacation Bible School. Oh, yeah. So so I, I do thank God that I grew up in a church where the depiction, and it had like the scroll that they would hang up on the on the walls for uh, for the uh, the lesson of that day. And I always <coughs> saw Jesus who had uh, dark brown skin and dreadlocks. So I, I couldn't really relate to that deep sense of it. But I would say it, it, it really uh, falls on church leadership to be intentional about representing Christ in the way that doesn't create the sort of situation that our, our dear caller is, is calling in and saying. I've seen churches that uh, have depicted a Korean Jesus. I've seen churches that have depicted a Native American Jesus. And it's really important for us to understand that one of the names of God that uh, that uh, is bestowed upon Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. So people being able to understand that God enjoys a deep proximity to us in a relationship with us and, and God uh looks at us and says you belong to me so it shouldn't be on any child definitely shouldn't be on any child to feel like they don't belong to God thank you no doubt absolutely and you know and that said uh, people of faith over the years have made God as they know it into an image that they can relate no doubt you know uh, in scripture it holds if you want me to drink of your water give it to me in a vessel Come on. I recognize uh, but in the uh, in the 165 years of Ebenezer Baptist Church here, mm -hmm. where uh, my family has been a member for generations, not until six months ago did we have the white Jesus image browned. Right. And that's a big deal for Ebenezer Huge in deal. Richmond. Right. Huge deal. Holy moly, Batman. <laughs> okay. Let's go to Voices of the Village. If you have a question or comment, for Christopher Burton, who has a doctorate in ministry with a focus on abolitionist theology, please dial in at 804-788-0990 or toll free 833-990-1013.
Let's try Sister Robin again. Sister Robin, are you there? I'm here. Okay. Yes. Your Dr. thoughts. Dr. Christopher Burton, I want to thank you. It's so refreshing to hear someone um, from the ministry talking um, in the manner that you're talking and speaking up for people and not in this prosperity ministry talk or, mm. or mode. And um, I want to correct Gary. I am an abolitionist for education. Right. We know in this country, only 10% of the people in this country are, has the best education or being the best education. Mm. So there's a vast um, you know, um, disparity in, on the education front. My problem with insurance is that it is a means of being discriminatory towards the poor and the, and the, and the people of color. Mm. People of color in this country pay more into insurance companies and get less benefits than anybody. So the the whole insurance thing definitely has to change change because it is a way of um, definitely suppressing black people. Mm -hmm. However, we are definitely need to fight for education because we are the people who have created the education people. Africa is where the most knowledge came from in this world, and we are the people who should be receiving the the benefits of what other people are getting. Mm-hmm. That's what I feel about no, the education system. You know, sis, what you're saying makes me think about a Bible study I was just doing last night on, on James 2. And what I offered, and for those of you who are interested, you can follow me on Substack at Baddest Chaplain, baddestchaplain.substack.com. And you, you'll you see, I, I interrogate this deep sense of what is the cause and when are we going to interrupt our collective deep hatred of poor people? Mm-hmm. This, mm-hmm. And this hatred manifests itself in the same way that Sister Alice is talking about. It manifests itself in these like very mean spirited and, and draconian practices in education and in healthcare. And it doesn't have to be this way. We don't have to live with one another this way. And, and, and part of the reason why I like to use this sense of we is because I really want to move all of us toward a, what I consider a corporate sense of repentance. So even if mm-hmm, you and I mm-hmm. have never worked in a school or in an yes. insurance office, there has to be a deep sense of us collectively within that sort of biblical tradition of crying out as a people and saying, my God, we are sick and tired of the way we've been and we need to turn off. In a village around. concept. A village concept. I got no it. About I got it. it. I received that. Amen. Amen and Ashe. All righty. Thank you, Sister Robin. I see Sister, I see Brother Rick holding. We're going to go to musical break once again. The This is the Jackson portion of our musical theology today. All right. This is that brother they called Michael. And on his Off the Wall album, the song is Rock With You. If you remember Voices of the Village from musical history, on VH1, they didn't play black videos. Mm-hmm. This was the first black video played on VH1. Michael Jackson had a bodysuit that was kind of shimmering. It looked like a disco ball. Mm-hmm. And he was doing a little dance step on the video of Rock With You. Stay tuned to the Gary Flowers Show. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Gary's just getting started. 
Stick around for more on Rejoice 101.3. This week, the Chesapeake County Colonial Heights Crime Solvers Program needs your help to solve a fraud. On February 5th, 2023, a male suspect entered the Verizon store at 798 South Park Boulevard in Colonial Heights and used another person's identity to access their account. The suspect then acquired four Apple products valued at over $3,900, which were added to the victim's account. The suspect is described as a black male, about 5 feet 11 inches tall. He was last seen wearing an orange hoodie and black sweatpants. The Chesapeake County Colonial Heights Crime Solvers Program has released photos related to this case. To see them, visit our Facebook page or our website at crimesolvers.net under This Week in Crime Solvers. If you can upsell solve this crime or have information about any unsolved crime and or wanted person in Chesterfield County or Colonial Heights, call Crime Solvers at 804-748-0660 or use the P3 Tips mobile app or website. We guarantee you remain anonymous and you could receive a cash reward up to $5,000. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Crime Solvers CCH and subscribe to our YouTube channel. I'm Detective Baldwin with the Chesterfield County Colonial Heights Crime Solvers and this is your Crime of the Week. Take the time to solve the crime. I'm Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I learned about atrial fibrillation the hard way. My symptoms would come and go, shortness of breath, fatigue. I kept going. Then I got so lightheaded, I couldn't. My doctor said I have AFib, so I'm about five times more likely to have a stroke. Other symptoms, irregular heartbeat, heart racing, chest pain can come and go, but the risk of stroke stays. If you have symptoms, tell a doctor. Visit notimetowait.com. Sponsored by Bristol-Myers Squibb and Pfizer. Do you hear that? Asthma triggers are everywhere, from dust mites, pet dander, and pollen, to smog and smoke. An asthma attack can strike anywhere, anytime. Be prepared with quick-acting Primatine Mist, clinically proven to open airways quickly. It's the number one FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over-the-counter. Primatine Mist. Breathe easy again. Use as directed. Listen to Gary Flowers online. Click the Listen Live button on RejoiceRichmond.com. That's the way love goes. Those Jackson siblings. We heard from Michael, may he rest in power, and his baby sister, Janet. That's the way love goes as we commemorate Black Music Month on the Gary Flowers Show. We have Dr. Christopher Burton in, who has his doctorate in ministry with a focus on abolitionist theology. Let us go now to Voices of the Village. Brother Rick. How you doing, cousin? My cousin. How's everything in Germany? Not good, brother. Not good. Okay. But uh, the sun is shining, and there still are no Russians or Chinese on our doorstep. Okay. Uh, I, guess, I guess you mean by way of an invasion. By way of an invasion. I got you. I got you. Okay. Uh, I just wanted to say that uh, if you push for Jesus, socialism, there in America, if you push for a more democratic America, white nationalist Christian America will revolt and wage civil war. And we should put they them down. And, and, and at that time, we should put them down once and for all. 
they don't they don't want a fair ground because they are deadly afraid that both black America and new immigrant America will do to them what they have done to others in slavery and genocide. Gotcha. And, and, I, and I hear that, but I, I, I want to just point back to the whole sense of let's not let fear have the last word. Faith cast out fear the last time I read the Bible. That's the truth. And, and we, we can't continue to make decisions based on how afraid we are of backlash it has to be about love and it has to be about healing and it's really something i want to emphasize is that this is something that what we're advocating for frees everyone right so i so i, I do think about what it means for the person who has you know been waiting and lied to about coal coming back has been waiting and lied to about uh manufacturing jobs that were overseas that are going to come back jobs that are gone that are that aren't coming back whatsoever and they've been lied to about this whole myth of whiteness that they hold on to as if it gives folks a sense of superiority and it's 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 really just um no one's operating in good faith with folks and it has to be about understand that there's a new identity that you have. It doesn't have to be tied to this deep sense of mythology and brutality and fear and violent repercussion. We can pave a new path forward together. It doesn't have to be tied to these evil things that have held all of us back. And Brother Cousin Rick, if you have not seen the movie, I would uh, recommend you pull it down. It stars Matthew McConaughey, and it is called The Free State of Jones. Mm. Jones County, Mississippi, circa 1863 in the middle of the civil war this poor white played by matthew mcconaughey is a medic for the confederacy he's pulling body parts off of the battlefield and he and his buddy sit down on a break and he's like why am i doing why are we doing this what are we fighting for Mm. we're fighting for rich white people rich white men in this county to keep their plantations. Right. They're not sharing any of the profits with us. Nope. And so he quits the Confederacy and he goes AWOL and he joins a band of escaped, enslaved black and Indian people in the swamps and they begin to attack the supply lines of the Confederacy. Mm. Okay. And so the, the lesson there is when will whites wake up poor whites and understand that they've been bamboozled hustled and hustled okay and go ahead brother rick Mm -hmm. i would just say in closing walk on brothers in faith in hope and in love there it is because faith cast out fear dr burton please continue um another comment love never fails first commandment 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 8. That's it. I'm just reminded in all of this, uh, thinking about when Jesus was before Pontius Pilate, and Pontius Pilate is sort of just bragging about all the power he has. Yeah. And there's nothing... Potentate. That, there, there's nothing that the uh, potentate could have done to Jesus that God didn't allow to have happened. Yeah. And so we have to have that same understanding of God is in control. And I know it it's very easy for us to look at, especially looking at today's news, looking at uh, just how, how difficult things have been. And God doesn't forsake the righteous. God, ne- I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor their seed begging bread. Come on now. Let's close out with Brother D, our original music, uh, musical griot or the Gary Flowers Show. Brother D, your thoughts? Yes, good morning, both of you. Uh, yeah, Gary, on that Jones County, Mississippi, that's focused on a Newton night. 
poor white farmer who led an extraordinary rebellion during ah, the Civil War. Yes, that's his and real name, Newton story. Knight. Yes, now there's a story in Smithsonian Magazine from March of 2016, the title, The True Story of the Free State of Jones. Mm. So you want to look that uh, story what, up? What, what, uh, give, me, give me that citation again. Yes, uh, from Smithsonian Magazine, uh -huh. The True Story of the Free State of Jones. Okay. That's from March 2016. You know, you can go to smithsonianmag.com and type in the true story of the free state of Jones. Got it. And the Got movie it. is extraordinary as well. But uh, reading this whole uh, piece on, the, on it actually away from Hollywood is quite, quite interesting. Good. Thank you. Know, you know, Smithsonian is a pretty scholarly magazine. <laughs> I thank you very much for that. And Voices of the Village, once again, pull down the the yeah. uh, article in Smithsonian Magazine and see the movie. Matthew McConaughey st stars in it. I want to thank Dr. Christopher Burton uh, for his uh, intellectualism today. And let's make this a regular thing. I, I reserve the right to call you in, in July and bring you back. Sounds like a plan. And we'll, we'll chop it up on, on what the subject matter will be. Sounds good to me. All righty. Uh, that said, Voices of the Village, Brother Reggie writes in and says, great history lesson today. And with that, we're going to begin to shut down. But I want to thank you, Voices of the Village, who have listened and viewed in the United States and around the world. It is our intent on the Gary Flowers Show to present a platform by which iron can sharpen iron. Mm-hmm. I will present my thoughts and commentary and bring in expert guests, but we can learn from you as well. And so with that, let us close out today with a commemoration of Black Music Month, Prince Rogers Nelson mm. and his ballad, his anthem, Purple Rain. As always, think deeply, speak gently, give freely and work hard. Love much and laugh a lot. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, be kind. And as you do so, you will give flowers to the people.